I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little something. I'm bucking, up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. <laughs> I hate when people call me that. No, no, let me wait, wait. Before we introduce myself, let, 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 let me get this straight, okay? Okay. I've been called a legend. I've been called an icon. Dudes, do this. I'm just a lucky guy who made good doing what I do and making people happy, and that makes me happy. That's that's my secret, okay? I'm nobody's fucking legend. All right. Well, well, I am sitting in front of a humble gentleman. Cheers to you all. Raven. Do we want to put out your government name? Seton Hancock. Also known as Raven. And uh, I've been playing with Murphy's Law for like God only knows how long. Correct. So, as we sit here and sip coffee like two gentlemen. Cheers. Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Festivus for the rest of us, whatever you worship, whatever you do. 
take that and do it all year long. Just don't wait for one special quote-unquote village. I mean, if people can be nice to each other during like one week of, of the of the last week of the last month of the year, why can't we do this all year long? I mean, like, I mean, here's the thing. I'm just rattling off. No, that's fine. Here's the thing. See, I don't care. If you're Buddhist, Christian, Muslim, Jew, Krishna, whatever you believe in, believe in something positive and make an effort not to try and force anyone to believe in what you believe in. Because basically we all believe in, in, in one basic thing. We all have the capacity to do good or fuck up. So, what path are you going to follow? Okay. Words of wisdom. <laughs> so, where do we want to begin, sir? All right. Um, um, we'll, we'll order in a couple minutes. Thank you. This is live, kids. Of course it is. We're, we're, we're calling for a diner here. Okay, so, so check this out, man. Off the cuff. Check this out. Uh, if it seems that I'm a, I'm a rather unusual fellow to, 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 to deal with, bear in mind that I was born in 1955. Bear in mind that my parents were born in the South, Virginia. They hung out in the same small town, courted, married, moved to New York, and had me. And the thing about it is, you see, I saw things differently than the other kids did. I always have, because I was given other viewpoints of what the world is like. The South Bronx, where I was born, was not always the hood. I mean, it was once a good neighborhood prior to 1970. We had Jews and blacks living in the same building, never mind the same neighborhood. I mean, this is during the time that the radio was radio, where you can hear like, you can hear like jazz, folk, doo-wop, Beatles, whatever. And well, you had to use an antenna to get your signal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so on my block, we had uh, we had R and B and Latin. In my parents' hometown, we had Memphis Soul. Across the street from where I was born and I lived, we had um, we had Latin music, Find Your All Stars. So like, basically, we had Motown, Find Your All Stars, Beatles, you name it, we had it on my block. And things were good. That is until 1970, when people were dissatisfied with whatever. Or you, politics, no? It had to have been politics I don't of know. some sort. I don't know. I was a kid. I was a, I was a sophomore in high school in the shit of Japan. You know, all those colorful costumes you've seen in that movie, The Warriors? That's how gangs dressed back in my day. The Savage Skulls, the Grim Reapers, the, uh, the Chingalings, you know, uh, gangs like that. Yeah. And they all flew their colors. And the, and the kids went to my school. Crazy. They used to say things were kind of nuts. My, my parents said, we're getting out of here. 
So we moved to another Jewish community, which was Co-op City. Now, for those of you who are old enough to remember Freedom Land, at a, uh, an amusement park with the, uh, with, with the theme was American history. Uh, Freedom Land, huh? Yeah. Okay. You, you can look this up. I mean, like, there are many... I mean, there, there are many uh, great living parks to, to, to choose from. We have Freedom Land, we have Palisades Park. Um, Palisades Park was like, uh, which was immortalized in a song called Palisades Park by an artist named Freddie Boom Boom Cannon. Okay. Look that up. Okay. Google it, kids. Yeah. Matter of fact, the Ramones uh, covered um, uh, a, a couple of, of, of uh, that, that sort of genre. Like the names of the songs don't come to me, but like you probably find them in the first couple of Ramones albums. Right. The Ramones were Queens, which is like New York from the get out, man. Oh, sure. I'm a New York kid, born and raised, but I got Southern roots. So, that kind of set me apart from the other kids. I I did well in school, I skipped the grade, but I didn't mix in with the other kids. Why not? Basically from different backgrounds, different upbringings, different households, because you had Southern roots? Because of the fact that, that, um, that I, even though I questioned authority, I respected authority. I wasn't wow. I didn't like... I mean, I'm not going to mention names. We, we, there were many cats on the scene who grew up hard, who grew up with uh, extracurricular activities. Not me. Mom and dad would ask me how come I didn't leave the house to go out to the kids. I said, why? So I can get beat up? Right. I hung out with my radio, my sketch pads, my notebooks, and I chose a different path. Huh. Now, were, were, your, were your parents, like, musical people, as far as, like, not, not necessarily, like, musicians, but... My dad. My dad. It always goes back to my dad. Okay. My dad would play his records for me. You get in the car, you have his eight track on. Nice. Remember eight track? I vaguely remember it. Yes, I'm 44. I'm, yes, I'm fucking old, kids. In, <laughs> in two months' time, I will be 65. Wrap your minds around that one. That's right. I'm old. I'm I'm a few months older than Vinny Stigma. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't say that, Vinny. Respect your elders, sucker. <laughs> I just saw Vinny last week and he was the best. He's mm. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah, Agnostic Front and Sick with All. How'd yeah. That, how'd that show go down? Yeah, it was amazing. I was at the one at the Bowery Electric. It was incredible, man. Mm. Those two bands are just machines. And they've been around for so long for a reason, you know? I mean, there's a reason why these bands are around for 30 years plus. Mm. It's crazy. Amazing show. But I'm 44 and I still feel like I'm 18 and I still jump on people and flip out. Only for certain bands. Sick of it all in front of two of those bands. So it was like double duty for me. So I can't do that anymore because like, I'm going to break something. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm, eventually I'm going to break something probably. But I was all beat up the last couple of days. Ooh. I'm fine now, but I was just sore. I'm like, why am I so sore? Maybe because, you know, I'm an idiot and I'm running around and smashing into people. But you know what? It's all fun, man. I love it. Hey. Love it. 
hey, you don't have to you don't have to go to the, to a show and be in the pit. It's not necessary. No, absolutely that's, not. That's that's for your younger heads. Us older guys, we're gonna we're gonna chill in the back and dig the dig the music. Right. Thank you. Right. Well, so, well, certain bands, I, I make sure that my my sneakers are tied a little extra tight because I know I'm gonna have to jump in there. It's I have to do it. It just takes no, over. No, not sneakers. Docs. You gotta wear docs with this. No, I, I, last time I wore a pair of docs was like in the '90s, man. I'm an Adidas guy. <laughs> yeah, so it's Run DMC. Exactly. Born and raised in the in the South in in in, 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 in Hollis, Queens, man. Queens. That's right. All right. Yeah, where a lot of this stuff started. A lot of it. Yeah, but yeah, incredible show. Congratulations to those guys. But uh, yeah, man. But like I said, there's there's a, there's a few of those bands that those are two bands that I that I always find myself mixing it up in the crowd for. A lot of bands I don't anymore. I'll sit back and I'll watch and I'll hang out and I'll chill. The thing that the, the, the thing that bothers me about the scene is that uh, you know you, you get you, you get you feel like shitheads who just like want to go into into the, into the the, uh, pit and pummel people. That's ignorant. That that's that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. You, you, you want to order something? Slice of apple pie, please. Heat it up, please. I, you want ice cream? No. You want no ice cream, please, sir. I will have a cheeseburger, just the just a cheeseburger with the bun, nothing else. You want a medium rare? Medium rare. Sure. Thank you. Like I said, this is this is live. This is a slice of Americana. This is this is like if you're into artists, this is like Norman Rockwell combined with John Holstrom. <laughs> right. Okay. That's why you look for you for you know New York heads. That's right. Well, well, people who listen, they know. Sometimes I do this at a diner, and people like, that just heard this probably like, yeah, Jimmy's ordering a cheeseburger at the diner again. For some weird reason, it's an easy thing to eat while I'm doing a podcast at the at, at a diner. Yeah, and it's like it's it's a. Real it's a real diner with real people. Yeah, I'm, uh, we're, we're calling from the uh, Washington Square Diner on the corner of of Sixth Avenue and Fourth Street. That's right. In the, in the in the heart of the West Village. Cause I got a lot to say about the West Village and the East Village as this thing goes, goes on. Well, let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about it. Well, check this out, kids. Okay, I grew up <laughs> in a time where music had a certain amount of importance where uh, there were like 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 40 clubs you name it you can listen to it it could be jazz rock funk punk singer songwriter I mean I mean ask your parents about this but like you know the British Village was the, was the one place in New York City where you could find the likes of Bob Dylan, Dizzy Gillespie, the Smithereens, the Ramones, uh, Lou Reed. I saw, I saw the um, the New York Dolls at Max's Kansas City. That's crazy. CBGBs got all the glory and all the press, but Max's came first. Sure. So just putting that in your head. Yeah, without a doubt. Great Gildersleeves too, no? Oh man, you you're not gonna believe this. The Great Gildersleeves. For those who are into, into like rhythm and blues, check this out. I wandered into the Great Gildersleeves one night, and they were having a special birthday party for a member of the Hell's Angels, huh. who just recently and sad, sadly had to move out of the East Village. Really? Yeah, man, the, the headquarters is now gone. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Gone. 
it's like, yo, man, the developers, they know nothing about who we are and where we're at. No, not at all. They know nothing. Anyway, so, back of the Great Gildersleeves, they, the, the, there's a special birthday party. The place was crawling with angels. I was the only black man there besides the band. And who was the band? None other than the original soul men, Sam and Dave. Huh. John Belushi was not first in putting out that song. It was Sam and Dave. And what year is this about? To put a time frame on this? I never stepped at the Great Guild of Sleeves. I'm too young. Late 70s, early 80s. Okay. Okay, was it there? What was the other club? A1, A1, what was this? Uh, there was another club. Well, there was, a, there was A7. A7, well, yeah, there's the A7. But then there was another one. Uh, it's escaping me. Whatever. There was another one. There's no such thing as whatever. Let's not, let's not disregard. Whatever is such a... I don't know why I want to see well, A1A. Hey, what... what is it the 181A? 181A. 181A. But I, I, I feel like there's something that I'm missing and someone right now is screaming as they're listening to this. I hope you remember the name Jerry Williams. I don't. Okay. Jerry Williams was a, was a cat who like, lived in this building and uh, recorded in this building. This is where I met people such as the Bad Brains, the Stimulators. Um, I have a story about the Stimulators as to how I got into hardcore in the first place because I grew up listening to like, you know, jazz and soul and Motown. Right. But anyway, it's like, this was where the Stimulators recorded uh, their, uh, their cassette album on Raw Records. Right. Same thing with the, um, the same, same thing with the bad brain. Yeah. It was this cat named Jerry Williams, made, uh, wherever he is, either, either on earth or in heaven. Um, look that name up. Ask the old heads about Jerry Williams. Without a doubt. So the stimulators was your was your was your little stepping stone into hardcore. Yeah. What happened was that I was working for a small. Um, underground press that was um, doing like profiles on different records and different uh, artists of the Lower East Side. One night we walked in the masses. Now the stimulators, I want to give a shout out to Nick Martin and Harley Flanagan and Denise Mercedes. Three the, the, the three remaining members of the Stimulators May Patrick Mack, rest in peace Patrick Mack was the lead singer of this wonderful band they recorded one album Loud Fast Rules if you don't have it, get it right okay and anyway so they're on stage and I'm digging it this is something I've never heard before and they went to a sort of a reggae kind of thing the name of the, uh, the song was Second George it's on the album Anyway, they, they're playing, and I'm, I had my horn with me. And I'm playing in the back, and figured it was like, wow, no one would hear me. A big mistake. And I lowered the volume to dubstep. Just bass, drums, and hey, use the saxophone. Come up here and do that. Really? 
So they called me. They called me on it. They called me up, and I joined the Stimulators that night. Wow! And I did a lot of New York gigs with them, most notably at a place called Privates, where we opened for Madness. Wow! It was during this time that Jimmy, James Dresher, Jimmy G, to you, mother. <laughs> Jimmy G. He saw me. He formed Murphy's Law, and a year later, requested that I join. There. There you go. Completely by fucking accident. Or was it accident? Or was it fate? I believe in omens. I learned a lot. Those of you who stop me on the street and introduce me to your friends and your families. Yes, your families. And... Sorry, I'm, I'm starting to tear up here. It's okay. Okay? You guys are giving me a lot of respect and a lot of love. And I thank you all. Yeah, man. You're a well-respected guy. Yeah. That's why I'm glad that you were just so quick to, uh, when I reached out to you, I was like, yeah, I, want, I, would, I would love to sit down with you on the podcast. And you called me, you Facebook called me. I mean, he was like, how often, how quick can we get this done? I'm like, uh, Monday? Okay. Beautiful. I want you guys to hear what I have to say. The West Village is dying. The developers, the prison tunnel kids, the millennials, the hip-hop wannabes have ruined the, the West Village. Bleaker, Bleaker Street itself had a, a, a premier jazz club called the Village Gate. Okay. It is now closed. Replaced by Le Poussin Rouge. What is that place? I don't even know what it is. It's another nightclub. But, but uh, this is like, this is for you jazz heads who uh, understand like performers like Sonny Rollins and Dizzy Gillespie and, and, and Thelonious Monk. And uh, this is where you find them. It wasn't overpriced, like... Oh, boy, here I go. I'm going to, like... Go ahead. Okay. Have that. The floor is all yours, Raven. Okay. Let them know. I'm, I'm glad... I'm glad that the Blue Note is, is alive and well. I'm yeah. glad that they, that, they, that they showcase premier jazz legends. I'm glad of that. But it's also a little... I don't know. It's a little, up, it's a little upscale, but those of us who can't afford the prices. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, that's all about everything just rising and rising. Everything. I mean, like known bands. It's like they made the money. How about doing something for the fans and like lowering the prices of like the same? You know, having like a having like a special show with appreciation to your fans. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Greed? Or just having to make enough money to pay the bills? Because rents are, in, are insane down here? I, I used to live on the, on the Lower East Side for a while uh, with a girlfriend. Uh, we lived on 13th Street between 2nd and 3rd. And to its credit, the Lower East Side is hanging on to its funk. But it's but... But, uh, I mean, things, I mean, things are changing, but, like, there's some people who still fighting to keep, the, keep uh, whatever it is alive. Right. I want to give a shout-out to Jesse Mellon, particularly. 100%. Fuck yeah. Yeah, man. For those who don't know Jesse Mellon, I'm sorry. Jesse Mellon's old band, Heart Attack, Heart Attack and Degeneration, yep. that, um, with Howie Primo, yep. and the rest of 
University of Water for Mother's Buckets. Um, you, you had, they, they had like double bills with Murphy's Law. Sure. Yeah. Audie, uh, for those of you who attended my 60th birthday at the Bowery Electric, thank you all. Thank you all. It was Jesse's idea. Yeah. Jimmy suggested I, I, I have my 60th birthday party there. Sure. And Jason said, why, sure. And we made it a free show. And all you guys packed the freaking place. And there I go again. Oh, man. Hey. I received a lot of love during my years in the, in the scene. But there are other scenes of music. It's, New York is not just hardcore. No, I play blues. I play R&B. I play jazz. Yeah. I may be stopping on the street one of these days. You know. As a matter of fact, I have a gig uh, every Monday night. I'm going to promote this. I got I got anything you want, I have a gig every Monday night from, from 8 to 11 at a place called the Red Lion on the corner of Bleecker and Thompson. And uh, I work with a, with a blues cat named Big Ed Sullivan. And uh, a lot of the local uh, blues cats in the New York tri-state area come down to, like, kick a few tunes on and uh, if you want to hear what I do when I'm not with Murphy's Law, come down. There's no cover. Just, just bring your ID and buy some beer. And for God's sake, no marshal, all right? It's not, that, it's, not, it's not that kind of place. It's not. No. It's not. You'll get your, you'll, you will get your head educated. Right. This is completely different, okay? It's a different vibe. It's I mean, a cool vibe. I mean, basically, it's like this. Basically, it's like this, okay? You want to talk about music history here? All right. Thank you. Want more coffee? Sure. No, it's okay. And this this man's apple pie. Yeah, I don't have a glass of milk, please. Yes. Huh? It's more or less? No. Give him a large one. He doesn't finish it. He doesn't finish it. All right. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Just check this out. So. There are many ba bands, many places that which are now gone because of developers, because of lack of, of interest from the listening public. Sure. I mean, a lot of pro a lot of premier music places have been, have been uh, replaced by hookah joints, comedy clubs. You don't need a little fucking comedy club. Shit ain't that funny anymore. <laughs> There's a lot of comedy clubs down here now. DJ clubs. It's like, come on. You want to dance? Check out a live band, man. I agree. Do yourself a favor. It's like, do, 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 do yourself a favor. The name is Seaton, S-E-A-T-O-N, Hancock. I'm on Facebook. You, you, you want to follow where, where I go? Hook me up. Find me there. I'll be perfectly happy to take you guys around to where I go when, when, uh, when, I'm, up, when, when I'm playing for an audience that aren't wearing Doc Martens. Yeah. Okay? And there's a lot of them out there. I'm saying this as, dare I say, a seasoned musician and a longer man. And I've seen some shit. I was a blues man, a jazz bowl, a folky, a hippie. 
Were you a hippie? I was a hippie. That's awesome. Bell bottoms had an afro for all my yards. I think that's amazing. <laughs> they got that some photographs somewhere, but mom, mom's got them all. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta get our hands on some of those. People would love to see that, I'm sure. Yeah, I bet. I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, so listen. For those who want to wonder, like what happened, uh, uh, like how hardcore came to be. Hardcore came uh, came to be as a harder, faster, more aggressive style of music when punk was starting to be homogenized and became the way. I mean, I remember um, seeing bits and pieces of graffiti, like, Fiorucci made me hardcore. Okay. Fiorucci was a, uh, a, uh, was a brand of club, quote, unquote, new wave clothing. Neon colors, skinny jeans, liquid print, uh, leather jacket, stuff like that. Right. And uh, he's another one for Those of you who are into music will get the joke. Black flag kills ants. <laughs> Yes, yes, it does. Uh, no, just no. So, I'm just saying, I saw the birth of hardcore. I saw it coming. Now, nothing was born in the vacuum, least of all me. Right. And I have... In fact, here's something I've always wanted to talk about with you guys, okay? The whole thing about rock and roll and black people. We invented it, first of all. Absolutely. If you, if you remember a band called Death, not the, not the death metal, uh, heavy metal band that's out there right now, but three black brothers who started a more aggressive form of rock and roll. Yeah, I'm familiar. Okay, there we go. That's but that's just me. Okay. Now, I feel, as I walk amongst you, I feel a little skittish because like, there's not many of us. I mean, like, they're, like, they're like Josh Waste from Urban Waste, Devil Shadow, that cat. He was on. I had him on a little while back. Bad Brains, of course. Yep. Fishbone. 100%. Go sleep on that, man. They're still around. And there was another band called Pure Hell. Yep. And there's me. It's not a lot of us. And I'm glad that you guys welcome us amongst you. Because, for, well, for me personally, it's a big deal. Because of the fact that um, the whole race thing is unfortunately still an issue. It shouldn't be. We're all different, but we all breathe the same air. Absolutely. We all want to be treated the way a person should be treated. Right. And I want to give a shout out, a special shout out to Jimmy for this. He, a couple of times, more than a couple of times, he's, he's gone physically to battle for me uh, because of certain... Ignorant uh, people. Yeah. To put it lightly. You could put it lightly. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> One night I remember that, that we had a, we had a few Seagull kids in the audience. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy was this Pennsylvania. I don't I don't remember exactly when and where, but he rem I do remember him walking away to my side of the stage, putting his arm around me and saying, "See this man? Meeting me. This is my brother. You want him? You're gonna come through me." Right. And with that. Our audience escorted them. 
It's a beautiful thing. But it's also sad because of the fact that even now, race is still an issue. Uh, people don't understand. It's like people think that rock and roll is white music. No, it has black roots. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's just people who are just ignorant. They just don't know. They just jump to conclusions. They don't research anything. They don't know where things come from. They don't know the roots of stuff. I remember d during a gig with another band in Buffalo where we walked past a group of bikers who obviously did not want me around. They did the same thing. I could feel it. Yep. So we hung out in a place like away from them. And the band they came to listen to was a Caucasian blues band. Now, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> this is America. Right. With a K. Crazy. Crazy. They look like somebody like the Bad Brains, who, if you didn't know, but they were black, when you listen to them, you wouldn't think that. But they're like the best that ever did it. Mm -hmm. Which is insane. You know? Well, I'm not here to thought like just about who's better, who's, no. who's ruder, who's harder. Of course not. Nobody is. Right. No one rules, okay? You rule, Raven. I don't rule. <laughs> I just hang out. Right. If I, if I ruled, I'd be president. And who wants that game? Oh, God. Who the hell wants that? When I grow up, I want to be president, do you? I don't know about that. <laughs> if I were president, there's one thing I would abolish. Ignorance. I would respect my fellow man, my fellow woman, this planet, the other species that run, that run this planet, not just us. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting on a soapbox. No. But you know something? I earned it. I'm 65. I've Everything that you've seen in the history books were my, was my life. Yeah. We lived through the black rides across the country. I'm sure you've seen, I mean, obviously you've lived through all that here in New York. I watched, the, I watched the news and I would ask, Mommy, Daddy, why are these buildings burning? Insane. All right. You remember that, don't you, vividly? I remember the assassinations of Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, the Kennedy brothers. But the generation that I was part of, we still had hope. We thought that peace and love could fix things. Right. We were wrong, I guess. We got the ship beaten out of us by the authorities. <sighs> and also, we were too naive to understand that sometimes you gotta mix it up a little bit. Yeah. I'm not advocating rioting, but um, I'm advocating like get your heads out of your iPods and hit the streets like we did. The last time I saw something like that, it was, it was like a bunch of kids. Literally taking top day off from, from high school. Right. To protest climate control. Right. Kudos for those kids who did that. I want to see more of that. I want to see people marching in the fucking streets again. Holding signs, chanting, signing petitions. Making noise. Fuck yeah. 
not pressing like on Facebook because at the end of the day it does nothing. You can argue all that. I would get I get into back and forth and, and then I have to stop and I and I, I step back and I'm like, what am I doing? They'll go back and forth, back and forth, and arguing with these people over something that we disagree with on on a personal app on your phone. It's like you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. You're sitting in your house and you're typing on a screen. You're doing nothing. But everybody, I fully I feel they they think that they have such a voice and that their opinion matters and it changes things. It doesn't change anything. Being on Facebook and, and arguing with people and posting a status really does absolutely nothing. And to your credit, with the bit with the uh, with the clubs that still remain, the bands out there that actually make real music. Yeah. Real music seems to have been abolished from radio because it's been been taking control. And those of you who remember the song Radio Radio, Radio by Elvis Costello? I do. Listen to the lyrics again. Listen very closely to the lyrics. Okay? I remember a time where people would, would, would play records of revolution on the on the air. Yeah. Because it was the thing to do. Sure. In fact, there's a song. Protest music. In fact, there's a song called "Fixing the Die Rag." It was written by a band called Country Joe and the Fish. Yep. And they played at Woodstock. I play it, on one of, one of the gigs I play. I play with the uh, keyboard player David Bennett Cohen from that band. From that band. Really. You, you know that that, that that old guy that I that I shook hands with. We were on the way. The piano the player. That was him. Get the fuck out of here, really? Yep. And it's one, two, three, what are we fighting for? Don't ask me, I don't give a damn. We're off to Vietnam. Yeah. And it's five, six, seven, open up the pearly gates. Yeah. Ain't no reason to wonder why. Whoopee, we're all gonna die. Yeah. That was a protest song that was on the air, kids. Yeah. You can say it again now. So he was the. When did he play in Country Joe and the Fish? Keyboards. He played keyboards. He was at Woodstock. No, he he, he played at another festival before Woodstock, the Monterey Jazz, the Monterey Pop Festival. Okay. Which had you name it, everyone was there, including. Otis Redding, the late great Otis Redding. Wow. Exposed to his first major Caucasian audience, and they loved him. That's awesome. If that plane had not gone down, he would have been huge. Wow. That's crazy. Life is, man. Life is. Yeah. I've seen this. I've seen it all. Huh. What do you, what do you, so, I mean, I know you touched on it before. I mean, there's so many things that have changed. Like, you know, all these clubs are gone. Even like the Continental, CBs, all these places are gone. Bleak of Bob's and record stores. Now it's a sushi spot. You know, it's Guinness, like, Guinness Castaways, the bottom line. Uh, it's, it's just, it's a different place, man. And you've seen so many different versions. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, from, from obviously when you first came here, you know, down here. And then I started hanging out in Greenwich Village when I graduated from high school and I was 17. And I came across 
Washington Square Park by accident. We saw a bunch of hippies banging on the guitars and yelling protest. There's one cat some of you may know. His name is David Peel. He put out an, an album called The Pope Smokes Dope. <laughs> Have a marijuana. One of his best friends was John Lennon. Really? Who supported his career. Anyway, he was the first hippie I, I, I got to see like close up in person. And this is long before I could play anything. At 17, I picked the fruit. I put, did you start with the recorder in school? No. The plastic recorder? No, I picked up uh, trombone, which is too clumsy for me. Trumpet hurt my lips. I wanted to be cool like Miles Davis, but couldn't. Right. But I, but I, but the band Jethro Tull, when I found out that the flute player, Ian Anderson, was self-taught, I said, fine, fuck it. And I learned. But I, and I got good at it, but there wasn't much call for artists. So, out of defense, I picked up saxophone, went back to my dad's old Junior Walker and the All-Stars records, thanks dad, wherever you are, and took it from there. Huh. So you've been playing saxophone for how long now? Since I was 28. So you're making me do math on the spot now, Raven? Tough shit. <laughs> so what, 30, like 33 years? I guess. Something like that. Let's round it off to the next 35 years. I guess. Yeah. Nuts. It's amazing, man. So once, once... Jimmy G actually to join Murphy's Law. Let's take that down. Let's 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 go down the Murphy's Law path for a little bit. All right, all right. Oh yeah, I want to give a special shout out to another band who um, took me on when I was still learning how to play. I've only been playing for a year, but like they said, they felt I was good enough to join them. You may know this cat. He was in Rockaway Queens. His name is Simon Chardier. Possibly one of the baddest guitar players I've ever heard. You name any style of modern guitar player, he, he, he can ace it. He was the lead of a band called Joey Miserable and the Worms, which evolved into Simon and the Horse Sinisters. Those who were at my birthday show at, at, the, at um, Bar Electric saw that saw me play with that band. Huh. Si Simon and the and the Bar Sinisters. And the Bar Sinisters. The band is no longer existence, but Simon is still working on, on, on guitar, upright bass. You want to catch? You want to catch a little legend? As far as I'm concerned, go to Rockaway. Find this guy, Simon Chartier. C H A R D I E T. Okay. He lives in Rockaway still? He lives in Rockaway. Okay. Are there, are there any venues in Rockaway? Like, 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 there are a few, but they're so far out there. I live in the Bronx. It's quite, it's quite a trek. But look for him anyway. Yeah. Why not? He surfs. He teaches. That's awesome. He's awesome. It's like... It's like, as far as my career was concerned, it was given a jump off from these two men, Simon Chartier and, J and James Drescher, two of our oldest and dearest friends. Jimmy J. Possibly, most likely, the greatest frontman in hardcore. Without a doubt. 
the entertainment value is ridiculous. That's why he, he, he wrote songs like, have a beer, you know. Yeah, let's have fun. Yeah. It's all fun. It's jokes and fun. And it's awesome. I want to thank the people who bring their families and their girlfriends and and the girlfriend's girlfriends. Yeah. Sometimes people run like that. Hey, listen. Whatever. And and the handicapped. Absolutely. We, we, we get we get a, we we get this one guy. I keep forgetting his name, but he's always there. Yeah. And he's in his wheelchair. Yeah. That's hardcore as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. In fact, check this out. Check this out. The last New York gig for the Knitting Factory. Oof, when it was still in Manhattan. Right. This cat was, was on stage with us to prevent him from getting crushed by the mosh pit. Right. He wheels his chair to the edge of the stage, gets out of his wheelchair, holds it over his head, and goes backwards into the crowd, which carries him into the pit over their heads like wow. a sacred package. Wow. Jimmy was in tears. Yeah. That's hardcore. Yeah, man. And here's the punchline. He wanted to get off the stage and get to the bathroom. <laughs> but that night, he became a hero. He comes to all our shows. I keep forgetting his name. I feel like a shithead. But I, you know who you are. Right. Kudos for coming to every show. Yeah, we get women in the pit. Oh, sure. We get women to our shows. Not, been, there's not a lot of uh, hard, hardcore. Hardcore is not just a bunch of guys that's nah. jumping up and down in each other's heads. Right. But they're, they're, they're not a bunch of, like, big, brawny, like, you know, guys who can, like, eat Buicks. Right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're talking about people who are the disenfranchised. Sure. That's what hardcore is about. Playing for the disenfranchised. Yeah. Now, because of my age, because of the fact that I'm not the angry young man that I once was. Um. Maybe I'll step down and let someone else do this. I don't know yet. Why would you want to do that? I, I, there's a way of harnessing your anger, which I don't know if I could do anymore. I don't know. But it's been quite a run, and I've enjoyed it. Every, uh, uh, I've, I've enjoyed much of it. I don't. We've traveled through this country, around the world. With Murphy's Law. With Murphy's Law. I've also done this with other bands too. Sure. Now I don't like fights. I don't like aggression. Some of you guys are into that. Cut it out. You're ruining it for the rest of us. Sure. I mean that's what that's what almost killed the entire scene in the in the air in the early mid nineties. That's why they had to abolish uh, the uh, hardcore matinees and CBGBs. Yeah. It, it, was a, it was a miracle that they reinstated it and just in time because like we played the last hardcore matinee before CBs went under. Right. Yeah. I mean, the bathrooms may have been dicey, but like, hey, you know. What a legendary, great, amazing club. Billy Crystal, rest in peace. Absolutely. Motherfucker. Yeah. And it was almost poetic. CBGB's closes, and how long after that did Hilly pass? Not much longer. Yeah, right? Not much longer at all. Mm -hmm. 
crazy. I miss that place. I miss that place, man. A lot miss, of good miss, times in there. I miss matches. The um, Joey Miserable and the Worms played there for I think I love the name of that band, Joey Miserable and the Worms. Well, it's like this. It's okay. great. It's like, okay, okay, like, uh, all right, um... Johnny Rotten, yeah. Sid Vicious, okay. Sure. Uh, Joey Muslim. Yeah. There you go. There it is. <laughs> That's how he got the name. That's right. His right hand man, um, who lived in New Mexico, his name is John O'Manson, who's still with us, thank God. Okay. He went by the name of Frankie Sominex. Frankie Sominex. <laughs> Those are the who, who remember your drugs from TV. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like an old mob guy. Jimmy Drywall and, uh, you know, Billy Bag of Donuts. Yeah, and I was called Chuck Extreme. Chuck Extreme. <laughs> That's X, Chuck X period stream. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to have that little, little X period to make it a little different. And we were... Um, we were... It, we, we, we played R&B with a, with a punk um, sensibility. Right. But we got the uh, play from... Well, like, we, um, we played for, uh, we opened for for cats like Dr. John, Bo Diddley. Hmm. I'm not shitting you. No, we I played, believe you. We played with Bo Diddley at the bitter end. Crazy. And my mom and dad were in the audience. Ask me about that sometime. Yeah. Must have been something. One of those oh shit moments. Bo Diddley, a living fucking legend. Come on. 100%. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, man. I mean, the Mud Club. Let's start with the Mud Club for a second. I mean, like, in the the heart of Chinatown, there was this club where it's like anything can happen. I saw Rockabilly Giants Carl Perkins playing at the Mud Club. Crazy. Danceteria, my God! I remember Danceteria. Ooh, for all you metalheads. That was the first place I ever went to a show. There you go. That was one of my old stomping grounds. There you in go. My neighborhood. There you go. Sure. Amazing shit. Hey kids, and I mean, and I use the term lightly and literally. You're gonna grow old soon. Take stock in your history. Sure. Let it live. Don't just look at it as a museum piece. Breathe some life into it. Yeah. That's what we're doing now. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. It's like even like the limelight. Oh. Miss the limelight. The Palladium. I, I, even though it wasn't my favorite, but I've been there, had great times there. I saw Santana at the Palladium. That's insane. Back when it was a rock and roll theater. All, huh. the, all the young heads were up and were jumping up down in, in, in the front of the club. Yeah. All the old heads were, were sitting in the back smoking doobies. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now watching Santana smoking doobies. Yep, yep, yep. That's awesome. And, and don't say, don't say fuck hippies. Yeah, really. It's, 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 it's ignorant to say ignorant. Hey, remember when we, remember the, 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 the saying, we used to have a saying, don't trust anybody over 30. <laughs> Look at us now. Right. <laughs> I'd like to hear Johnny Rotten say that. Hey, John Lydon, you want to challenge me? <laughs> oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's something else, that guy, huh? 
At least he speaks his mind. He does. He does. A lot of people are scared to do that because they might look a certain way amongst their friends Like online. him or love him. Right. And he's, he's, he's doing some pretty out things. He's doing some pretty stupid things. Of course. But, you know, he's John Lydon. Right. I mean, he grew up poor. Right. He had Spider-Man and Janice with all, all his children. Crazy. He, um, he kept him out of school. Yeah. He's yeah. practically a self-made man. Absolutely. And for that matter, so is... So is, so is Jimmy. Yeah. And, and I, have to, I, I will put it out there. I'm, I'm super happy. Thank God Jimmy's doing doing good now. He's got a lot of health problems and stuff. So we won't, we won't go into that on the air. No, I'm not going to go into it, but I'm just glad that his health is back on the up and up. Because mm-hmm. it was a little scary. And you as well, man. Because a couple of years ago, everybody who knows you had a scare. I had a heart attack, okay? Yeah, yeah. Hence, everybody who knows you had a scare. Yeah, of course. So I'm glad that you're doing well as well, you know, as well, my friend. Well, I'm still under a doctor's care. I'm still, right, I'm on meds. Um, you know, I'm an old dude, man. What can I say? I'm taking so many pills now, I, 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 I kind of like rattle on my wall. I'm a, rattle. Fuck, I'm a fucking human pinata. Oh my God. <laughs> but if, listen, if it helps you, and that doesn't happen again because of it, you know, okay. you need something. So, as far as Murphy's Law, were you, how many, you were on all of their records? No, I was on the albums, uh, dedicated and the party's over. Okay. Dedicated. Because I know that he asked you originally, and that's when you joined, very way, way back in the day, but I didn't way know. Back, but I did that recording with the band. Okay. Uh, the horns that you heard were, were the fishbone horn section. Gotcha. Thanks, Angelo. Really. Right. But, um... I had to learn all the songs from their vintage back catalog. Sure. And I had the, pri- the privilege, and I hope I don't start tearing up. Rest in peace, Todd Youth, Chuck Valley, and Jack Flanagan. Yeah. I got to play at Murphy's Law during the time they had their classic lineup. Yeah. I joined them briefly, like, I joined them, like, sometime after they did the, the, um, tour that they opened for the Beastie Boys. Wow. So you were on that tour? I was not on that, on that tour with the Beastie Boys. I joined the, the, I joined the band sometime later. It was a little bit after. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's a great story, man. And you're still here. Thank you. It's a beautiful thing. I'll be 65 in a couple of months. I have a lot to think about now. And some of it's deeply personal. I'm not going to place it here. But I have a lot to think about. I have to see things with a different pair of eyes. I have to see things with a different frame of mind. I have to see things with a, with a different idea. And... Everyone's writing books now. Yeah. If I had to write a book, I would call it to be continued. Huh. In fact, that's the word you tell. Anyone steal that from me, I'll hunt you down like an animal. That's right. But and there'll be a mob of people behind you. 
Again, to that mob of people who have supported the band, who have supported me, I'm deeply honored and humbled. It's a beautiful thing. What's done? You're, 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 you're a genuine guy, and you're a well-liked guy, and there's no reason not to like you. So like I said, I'm not a legend, I'm not an icon. I'm one of you. I just got lucky. And you continue to grind it, and you love music, and you play gigs every Monday night, and you go on tour with Murphy's Law. And, I do and I, I, I do everything. I play with other bands of other genres. Yeah. Check me out. I'm not, I mean... Look, look. Yeah. You, 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 heard my, you heard my real name. Look me up, okay? Yeah. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be more than happy to turn you guys on to what I listen to. Sure. What I play, where I go. Yeah. That was one of, the, one, of the reason, one of the reasons why I wanted to sit and talk with you, because I know that yeah. a lot of my audience are from the hardcore scene and things like that. So I know that there's so much more to you other than Murphy's Law. Oh, check So that's out. why I wanted to talk with you. And of, of course we're talking Murphy's Law. As well, but oh, well, there's so well, much more. Well, check this out. Well, when we go on the road, Jeff, when Jimmy gets a hold of the um, of the uh, Spotify, we're listening to vintage punk, rockabilly, old school R&B, Hank Williams. Um, Hell, we even snuck in some Simon and Garfunkel on the way, on the way home from for, uh, from a gig we played Homeward Bound. I'm I'm not mad at Simon and Garfunkel, man. Okay. Yeah. I mean, of, I mean, of all the guys in the band, I'm the jazz head of the bunch. Right. Every so often, during one tour, I would sneak off and take my horn with me. And, Check out the other local bands and say hi. I'm from New York and just passing through town. Can I sit in? Nine times out of ten, it works. Yeah. Huh. I'm 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 as as at home playing Count Basie as I am playing Stooges. Oh, by the way, if I have any time to get this in, for those, who, for those who wonder how a saxophone can get the thumb, listen to the Stooges Funhouse album. There you go. Listen to the one and only album that this band ever released before the, before the breakup and the sudden demise of the lead singer, Paulus Diary. Check out X-Ray Specs. There you go. And for those who are into Scott, the original lineup of The Beat. Okay. Called the English beat here in, the, in this country, but hey, I saw them at the Ritz. I've seen the original lineups of the specials, Madness, and the English beat in New York. I don't need to go to see the reunion tour because like half of me that quit the band or, or died. I saw the original lineup. Chew on that. Exactly. Now, now for all you kids listening, Raven just dropped a ton of bands and musicians, so you should smarten yourself up. Listen to your parents' records. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's your water. That's my water. Yeah. Listen to your past records. Ask them questions. If you're, not, if, you, if, you, if you're on the outs with your parents, ask your older brothers and sisters and nephews and cousins or whatever. Ask your older friends. What was music like when you were growing up? Because that's the only way you're going to learn how to advance yourself musically, socially, spiritually, psychologically, and personally. Right. Yeah. Think outside the box. Expand your horizons a little bit. Don't just listen. I mean, I listen to all kinds of stuff. No, that thinking outside of the box to me is hardcore. Absolutely. In fact, Jimmy paid me a, a compliment the other day that really got. Uh, we opened for Cox Bar in Warsaw, and I showed up wearing a fire, a fire engine red don't bust it suit. Awesome. Jimmy looked at me and said, for you to wear a suit like that, that's as punk as all fuck. And you're damn right it is. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> damn right. So before, I don't, I don't want to hold you hostage because I know... No, what time is it now? It's quarter to eight. Ooh. Yeah. So now, real quick, before, and then we'll get, we'll get out of here. Okay. Um, you, do, you do a lot of artwork. Look me up on Instagram, some of my artwork's on that. At Seton Hancock. Yeah, or Hancock Seton. I, I have another page that's backwards. Don't ask me why, I forget things. And you have a couple of different Facebook pages, though. I have, I have a couple of Facebook pages. That I'm couple. friends with two different Seton Hancocks, but they're both you. Yeah, I... I'm I, not I, sure which I, one you go I on lose, more. I lose stuff and I forget things and I have to re, reinstitute my shit. Right. But old guy, what do you want? I'm 65. Hey, fuck y'all. <laughs> now... If there's any closing words, and then I want to ask you one question, and then we can wrap up. Do you have any anything, any closing words? If it ain't fun, it ain't shit. There you go. I mean, I mean, you talk about simple. Less is more. Now, would you like to end? Like, like I, I'll attach on the end of this, like maybe a Murphy's Law song that's prominent, that that has like a lot of sax in it, or whatever. You want to choose a song that you are on that I can tag on the end of this episode and just close out with a song? You can tag this episode with a song that hopefully will still remain until Jimmy can't do this anymore. The name of the song is instrumental, but it goes by this particular title. Still smoking. Still smoking. Dedicated. How's that for title? There you go. And with that, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Booga booga. Booga booga. And one more thing. <laughs> we're over here now. Alright, we're back. We're gonna we're gonna alter the ending song. Okay. So what are we gonna do here? Alright, play play still spoken. But I wanna give a special shout out to like the one of one of the few songs that was co-sung by Todd Duke, Jimmy G. Bag of snacks. Awesome. For all, for all you plus size women out there, they love you too. Later.
in a box Looking mighty tasty Like some bagels and some lox 